I just got stuck in a bogey train. Greetings, everyone. No, we did not quit. We did not die yet. We are still here. This is episode. Oh, shoot. I'm prepared. 36. Even par. Train podcast. Even par on most nines. Episode 36. You got your host, Nick, as always, and Jang's co host. He's here like 98% of the time. So have, I haven't have you ever- missed an episode. Oh, you've never missed one? Okay, never mind. Oh, no, 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 no. I did miss one. I'm going to feel like... I, yeah, I did I miss feel one. like you, may, you maybe didn't. I might have had one with just Noah. But. Yep, I did miss one. I do remember that now. I retract my earlier statement. Uh, will you apologize for that? I, I will formally apologize on the next episode. Oh, um, okay. No way we remember that. That'll yeah, the next. That, who knows when the next episode will next be. Next episode will be in the next Vietnam War, so... Got a lot going on. Yeah, it's like we kind of said at the start of the summer. It's a tough one because we like to get out and play golf. Uh, you know, we're busy with other stuff. Um, sometimes we just don't get time to record the the pod. But we we did schedule in some time today to do a little recap of the month of July, basically. Pretty much. Um, so yeah, what's good? I actually, speaking of just random thoughts, almost bought a pair of golf shoes today. I was oh. shopping the Osted's uh, website. They had a nice pair of Skechers, forty nine ninety nine. I almost pulled the trigger. Jeez, dude, they're, they uh, look, the Skechers are so sick. Which ones? Are they the slip ons? No, they're not the slip ons. They're the uh, the torque. Oh, I like uh, I like those commercials with Matt Fitzpatrick and Brooke Henderson, where they don't have the rights to uh-huh. use the the name of the U.S. Open or the other majors or the actual trophy. So it's just like, oh, so you can slip these shoes on without using your hands because your hands are busy carrying major championship trophies, and it's just like these generic like <laughs> looking trophies because they don't have the rights to use. <laughs> U.S. Open in their ad. I thought that was kind of funny. That's awesome. As if Matt Fitzpatrick is using the slip-ons, but this is not sponsored by Skechers, by the way. I wish it was. Could be. They paid me to wear their shoes. That'd be amazing. Dude, if we could be sponsored by anything. I mean, we kind of probably should release more than one episode a month. That's the thing. That's that's kind of a, a chicken or the egg situation because it's like I'm thinking, you know, if I was paid to do this, it'd be it'd be more than once every three or four weeks that we'd be pumping this out but you can't really get to a position where you're getting sponsors or anything like that if you're only doing one a month so yeah it's, you know it's, it's sort of a it's, chicken or the egg yeah it's a, a tough tough situation for sure um but we can we can just imagine we're sponsored in our heads if if you if there was just like one brand that you would want to be sponsored by, what would it be? So therefore, like you, it's got to be something. Obviously, you believe in the product, and then you'd get to obviously, you know, use the product for free. Rollback. Rollback. That's so yeah, I, basic. That's like every. It is so basic, but I like just every, love rollback. Dude. Every social media influencer is wearing rollback 
No laying up is doing a rollback. That's true. They, That's they true. can't can't shut up about the hoodies. It's summer, dudes. Like, what about water? I'd be sponsored by water. What's that? Just water in general. Something I believe in. Something I can get for free. Not, okay. Not Loki. Loki. I'd probably go. Dude, Puma's up there. Titleist. Titleist. Yeah. I don't know though. Like, however, like of all the putters, like probably, obviously, like if I got to, if you know someone gave me a Scotty for free, I'd probably use it. But like, if I was to build my perfect golf bag, I probably wouldn't have a Scotty in there. Yeah. Like I'm already convinced that I don't think I will ever retire the current spider that's a that's a good thought ever in my life i don't think i will ever use a different putter i uh which is which is tough considering the paint situation on the spider you know what you should probably get one of the hydroblast spiders just to have as a backup so that you know if your putter current putter ever gets chipped to you know tip to crap then you can have one that's i think that gives a character or you could order a backup because they because TaylorMade back. does still have the the My Spider Tour. But who knows how much longer they're going to have that? Yeah, I might have to order a backup sometime just in case. But if you did order a backup, would you have the same exact colors, or would you do it differently? No, nah, I'd lucky maybe go just because of the grip that I put on my putter now. Um, I'd maybe just go black and white, or like black and silver. Yeah, maybe like. Where on my putter it's black, like the the head, I'd go black. Or where it's white, I'd go black there, and then silver accent. So that that was on my list of things. Should we do it now, or should we talk about? Yeah, it let's let's go, let's go. All right. Um, or should we talk pro golf first? Get it out of the way. No, let's talk. I am the pro here. All right. Uh, so I'm gonna pull up the stats while. You're introducing. We both have been uh, tinkering with our putters recently. And uh, so take me through exactly what you did to your spider. Uh, I added, what was it? Three inches, two and a half, three inches. I don't remember exactly how much. Uh, and then put on the the long uh, Super Stroke 2.0 Zenergy grip now the one you put on is it the round one or the flat so it's the it's the flat so okay flat so is it the 17 inch one that you put on yeah and how has how okay so i you were gripping it crosshand before still gripping it crosshand now grip is the exact same um i've been kind of changed Setups changed a little bit, but not a whole lot. Uh, everything okay. is really a lot the same, just with the exception that the grip is now two and a half inches longer. Uh, kind of added a little bit more weight to the putter, which in turn has helped me get a little bit more of just feel, which is like just weirdly. Um, Did you add a counterweight? into the butt end of the grip at all or is it just just the grip? it's just what came in the grip okay but it does just, your does that grip have the the tech port on it or the counter yeah it does port in that okay. it does yeah 
So, yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, I'm just looking at my, my stats from like July until present day. So I put it on about halfway through July. Um, my putting stats from seven plus have improved a lot. Really? Yeah. So you're, you're, um, you're longer distance putting my like longer, basically yeah. from what, what are the distances? Seven to 21 feet and then 27 to 21 and 22 plus. Yeah. Okay. Those have both improved. Those have both improved. Um, interesting. And actually the first, the first round I used it, it was, uh, there's kind of a worrisome moment that was like, did I just screw myself? Cause I put it on. Um, and just for like 15 holes, I could not make a putt and like had a th- few three putts in there. Uh, it was just not really a good putting day that day. And then last three holes, I make a combined like 70 feet worth of putts and I'm like, okay. Mm. Like, and like just kind of since then, the, the feel has really been there. Uh, the lag putts have been really good. The only, only thing that's kind of changed a little bit is I've maybe gotten just a touch worse, like inside five feet. Like typically I was, I was pretty automatic inside like four or five feet. Um, probably made like 90, 95% of putts in that range. That's gone down just a touch. Maybe it's like 80% now. Um, Interesting. Don't really know exactly why that is, but that's something that I've been kind of working on a lot now has just been those short range putts, trying to get those a lot more dialed mm-hmm. uh, and back to the level that I was at before. But I mean, that was kind of something I thought about going into it. Uh, and it was something I was willing to maybe sacrifice because my putting stats outside of like 20 feet really hurt me a lot of times. So I'd sacrifice you know, one missed five footer per round to, to gain, you know, one more two putt per round, uh, Mm -hmm. on like a 25, 30 foot putt. It's an interesting way of looking at it. Uh, well, it's like one shot for one shot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but I mean, the chances of me having, you know, to two putt from 35 feet during a round, uh, the chance of that happening, it's going to happen more in a round than me just having like, you know, five, six feet. So, Maybe. so I was real, I was willing to sacrifice my, my five and six foot putting game for my, and you can, you can put in some time and, and, and improve on the shorter ones. I mean, yeah, just to like easily have better feel on the longer ones. That's interesting. Yeah. And that, I guess if you did get a backup putter, then you could just like have one that was normal length. If you ever needed to go back one that was extended yeah. Did I just convince you to get a backup? I I, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've got a lot of potential changes that maybe, well, I already just got new irons. So that's, that was one change this year. Uh, the change in the putter. Oh, the irons. Um, yeah. How are the irons? Yeah. The irons have been, I, for, I forgot I, about I'm them. getting, I'm getting better. I'm getting the contact down a lot Did more. You, do you have the 100s? Yeah. The 100s. Wow. Okay. Um, is it a I'm combo start, set at all, or is it just T100 just straight, straight through fourth through straight pitch? Straight T100s, yep. 
Okay. What's the shaft in him? The oh, let me go grab one quick. Stall for a little bit. Grab the putter too. Well, uh, while he is doing that, I'm just going to. So I also, I think I we talked about this before, but I extended my putter as well, my uh, Odyssey Blade that I picked up month and a half ago or so and i uh had extended that too and it was really interesting because like you were talking about the feel from longer distance like some of the first times that i um i can't read like what that actually is it a s3 s300 yes yeah, it's true temper amt black s300s do you know what the weight is on them oh no heavy enough heavy enough light enough All heavy enough, enough. All in all, they're probably pretty similar to my what I had in my old irons, the KBS Tour 90s. Yeah. Because I don't think we really changed weight a whole lot. Um, it was more so just adding length mm-hmm. and uh, changing lie angle. It was really... So, yeah, I definitely like kind of resonated with what you said because when I was when I first had my putter after I lengthened it and put the longer grip on it, it felt like my feel on or like for longer putts all of a sudden i had a lot better touch but in my first couple rounds that i had it like i just had a couple short putts where like i had no idea what was going to happen yeah so and that was that was sort of concerning because one of my first times i played out at cattail and I made a couple good birdie putts on the first couple holes. It was like, okay, yeah, let's go. Like, this is, this is what we need. And then like later, later in the round, like I missed like a couple three footers and I just, I don't know. It definitely spooked me. Yeah. But. And I mean, it's definitely kind of like a different feeling for me. Cause like I've been putting with a, a 34 and a half inch spider for what, four or five years at this point. Cause I had the, yeah. the spider X and then I got this, uh, I mean, I don't know was year. your X was that 34 or 35? Cause it was one or the other. I think it might've been 35. Um, but then just adding that length on, just getting used to that feel definitely took a while, but in general, uh, I'm starting to really get the feel for it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, long story short, I ended up uh, pulling my long grip off and I got rid of the extension. So I just have a normal grip on it now. Uh, and I used it in adult junior. I also used it the first round of the Pro-Am and I just putted atrociously. So I switched to a different putter for round two. But I In typical Nick Mahold fashion. Yes. But I'm pretty sure I'm gonna use it this weekend for the stroke play, the stadium. So you know it's when you mentioned that you put your putter away between rounds, that reminds me to how I actually got the start with the spider. Do you remember how that all happened? I'm pretty sure weren't you drunk after men's league? It wasn't after men's league. Was it? It was a scramble or something? No, it was. Uh, it was either the club. I think it was the club championship. Was and there was really? a there was a shootout. 
which I ended up winning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that from the? Was that in the I, club? I don't remember what it was. It was in some sort of tournament because there was a, a was, like I didn't putt bad day one. Yeah, but I won this shootout and I just had money in my pocket and a few too many adult beverages. And was just like, oh, I'm just going to buy this TaylorMade Spider right here. Like, I've been eyeing it all summer. I'm just going to buy it. And I did, and I just putted so bad with it the first time. I round. do remember. I do remember I you putting atrociously with horribly it. Horribly the second day. Are but you now glad I wouldn't you, trade it for the world. Uh, are you glad you got the double bend on this one instead of the slant neck that was on your original? Uh, I am very glad. Really? Yeah. Good. Yeah. The only, I'm really happy with my bag right now in general. Um, The only thing, and I sent this in the group earlier, I I'm starting to fall away from the Vokey wedges. It's, I just, I don't like them. I don't like the look of them. Really? Mm -hmm. That's kind of crazy. Like, those are like the most beautiful wedges in the game. Maybe it's just the grind I got on my 60, but my 60 degree, I look down on it and the face just looks abs. It looks like a driver face. Just looking down at this wedge, it looks humongous. And I just don't like it. Like it looks super, looks like it's a 64 degree, first of all. And it's just, I don't know. And I'm going to have to get new wedges and rework my bag next year anyway, because, uh, my pitching wedge is a 46 in this set. And so now my gap goes from 46.52. So what was your pitching wedge in your previous set? I mean, it was a 43, but 43.44. But so your gap was bigger. Now it's better. It was better. Yeah. But now I'm still, I'm going to go 50, 54, 58, I think. Um, when I re up my wedges, probably. Okay. That was my setup that I had for years and years. And I, I changed it a little bit this year. I don't know if we ever, if I ever told you about that. I don't think so. Uh, so I got a new set of wedges for this year and I had all had all, all through college up until this year, it went 50, 54, 58 because my pitching wedge is 46. But this year I changed it up. I wanted a little bit more, um, I don't know, I guess options around the green. So I did, uh, instead of a 58, I get, I did a 60. So I have a 60, mm. but I have it bent one degree strong. So it's at 59. So I did that because, so it was less of a transition from 58 mm-hmm. to 60. Uh, so I wasn't going to notice it as much. And, but also bending it strong took one degree of bounce off of there. So there's just a little bit less bounce. So for like opening up the face, if there's a tight lie or anything like yeah. that. And then I did try to go a half degree on the 54. So it's actually 54 and a half, which did the opposite. It added a hair bounce, which, I mean, I use it for greenside bunker shots and things like that. So I, yeah, that's uh, what I, speaking of wedge gaps and stuff, I, one of the guys I typically play with a lot and I've never realized this until we talked about it last night. He carries five wedges. Including pitching wedge? He has his pitching wedge in his set, which I believe is a 42 or 43. 
and then has a 46, 50, 54, and then a 58. So he has a 46 and a pitching wedge. Yes. And I was like, why? Uh, Does this individual have 14 clubs or is it an illegal setup? He does. So what's at the top of the bag? He driver three wood, four iron. Wow. Yeah. But I was like, yesterday, he's like, I'm going to hit 46 degree. I'm like, you mean pitching wedge? He's like, no, 46 degree. And I'm like, that's a pitching wedge. He's like, no, my pitching wedge. Four iron. My pitching wedge is my pitching wedge. This is my 46 degree. I'm like, dude. That's redundant. That that's this is ridiculous. What is going on? Wonder what the yardage gap is between those two clubs. What kind of irons are they? I have no clue. Sorry if you can hear my Alexa going off in the background. Some sort of reminder just happened, but I was able to hear that. It, it cannot be a large gap. It's like got to be like yes. five yards. Here's your reminder. Shut up. Pack the cooler. It. Uh, I mean, it depends on what the set of irons is because if it's one of the juiced sets that, I mean, who knows, maybe that pitching wedge goes really far in comparison to the 46. So maybe yeah, it goes really far as in it goes 135 instead of 132. Like, yeah, I guess it depends on the player. Yeah. Which speaking of like pitching wedges going 135, these new irons, I have just, well, I can't even say the new irons just in general because of where my swing has been this year. I have lost so much distance. And it's just been so impossible to get used to. Well, yeah. Like it, before full gap wedge for me was like a one, like 128 carry. Full gap wedge right now is like 116. Like it is just, it's so tough. But I mean, you'll, you'll get it back if you get things like, it's not like you're losing speed. It's just no. efficiency. Yeah. And I, my swings felt really good. Um, like yesterday I hit a five iron normal distance on a part or Tuesday when I played, that is yesterday, isn't it? Um, yeah. 194 yard par three, which last year would have been like a, a good five. And I hit five yesterday and a good five, I mean, 194. I feel like that's like, a, that it might've been a six for me, six. Last year, but, but with the new irons, the lofts on it is basically comparable to my six, my old six. Uh, and it went, yeah, yeah. They're going to be weaker. Yeah. Went pin high. So, I mean, when I, when I catch one well, and it's not one of these like over the top off the toe type swings, like the distance is there. It's just a matter of the swing has to get a little bit more consistent. Um, but yeah, it felt, the, uh, it's feeling good. One of the weird spots in my golf bag uh, has been three wood. So ever since, so I've always had a three wood in my, always had a three wood in my bag, you know, up through high school. And then my first year of college. And then I think it was going into my summer, going into my third year, maybe I caved the face in on my three wood. So I had a three wood and five wood set up caved the face in on my three wood. And ever since then, I've never been able to find a three wood I was comfortable with. And so at that time, what I did was I took my five wood, I adjusted the loft down to 16 degrees. And I just used that as like my, my four wood for a number of years. 
And then I wanted to have a three wood. So I tried a few different ones, never worked. And then I got basically an updated version of that five wood, except it's like an inch or a half inch longer, um, stronger, like a, a stiffer and heavier shaft. And so it's just, so it's going to go farther. Still felt like I was losing distance. So I, so then last fall I was fit for a three wood and I've barely used it just cause I don't feel comfortable with it. I, I stick yeah. with my, I stick with my four wood setup. And I think like I've been hitting that club so good this year that I think it goes far enough yeah. to suit my purposes. I might just get rid of the three wood I was fit for and, and uh, just use the four wood. I was kind of always like in high school and stuff like that. I was always a five wood guy. Like I just, I just couldn't hit a three wood at all. Um, and then in college, when I broke my old three wood and had to get a new one, uh, the Titleist three wood I got was like 15 degrees or 15 and a half degrees. Um, so it was more lofted, like a four wood almost, uh, but really liked it. And then last year when I bought a new three wood, and I bought a 13 degree three wood. Was that on accident or was that on purpose? The 13 degrees was a little bit on accident. I was mainly just buying the shaft, but then I actually hit the, the three wood and really liked it and like actually hit it pretty decent. So like now I'm actually kind of falling in love with the three wood, which is really weird. A strong lofted three wood. Yeah. Like a very strong lofted three wood. And I'm not like a guy who, kind of because of my over the top and the way that uh, my face is at impact. Like I'm a pretty low ball flight guy with my longer clubs. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I really, really like that three wood. Yeah. And fairy wood is one of the, like three wood is one of the hardest position or clubs to be, to feel comfortable with. Yeah. Because like a lot of them these days, like if I was like to have another fitting, like they just go so far that like, I just don't need them to go that far. Yeah. Like yesterday I was screwing around. I hit a, uh, on us on a monitor, uh, the paradigm triple diamond with a mm-hmm. 70 or 75 gram extra stiff. And it carried 287 rolled out 309. Yeah. Like what do you, you don't like, need what, that. What, what do I need that for? Yeah. That's just that's what my driver does. There, there's no shot even on the course that you're going to have like 287 to a flag. Or 300 to a flag. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's an absurd number. Um, like, if I if I can get my forward to carry, like, around 260, that's plenty. Yeah, like, if I, I'm thinking, like, carry, or with roll, if I can hit a 3 with 265 and hit a hybrid, you know, 240, like, that's the number I need. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, speaking of, this is kind of not speaking of, but in the pro-am last week, I uh, got second in the long drive for the amateur division. I don't know if I told you that. No, you didn't. I kind of thought about it when we played the other day. Uh, Cause I'm assuming the long drive was it on whole, was it on red one? Yeah. Did you see the stripe in the fairway? Yeah, I saw the line in the middle of the fairway. Did you uh, hear about the new rule? No. So they changed the rule this year where, so there was a center stripe now, and however many yards you were off the stripe were deducted from your total. I don't like that. 
I know it's dumb. That that defeats the purpose of long drive. It's not long and straight drive. It is long drive. Yeah, it's like have you ever watched the world long drive? Like if they if they're over like near the edge, it's not deducted. It's like okay, they hit the fairway. Yeah, I don't like that. But it so, it reminded me of last year when I just failed to even hit a qualifying drive on the long drive. I kind of did last year um, too. So I, I had a, I had a different mindset this year. I was trying to swing less hard, like make sure I made contact and got one in the fairway. Uh, also, so there was an open division and an amateur division. So like the amateurs is just for the amateurs, obviously open mm-hmm. is for anyone. So obviously including the pros, a lot of amateurs for some reason signed up for both. I'm not sure like how that's advantageous uh, to sign up for the one that has the pros in it as well. But Jake Olson won both divisions. So, Hmm. so his his drive in the uh his so his three balls that he played for the uh open division his long he hit one it was a little into the breeze mind you a little into the wind on red one it was like 349 (laughs) um but he was it was a little offline so i think his net was 339 (laughs) yeah but, this kid, that that kid is going to be so good at golf. And uh, Eric Stevens from Vitality Golf had his track man out there, and uh, Jacob's ball speed was two hundred one. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. That's so that was fun. That's crazy. Wait, but his is he, uh, is he a junior this year? Or is he a no? Senior? He has he has one year left. Yeah. Oh my Did you see God. that he won the junior championship by seven? Mm-hmm. He was up by eleven with nine holes left. Yeah, he shot like sixty-five the second day or something like that. Yep. Yeah, he's a he's a very good player. I'm excited to see what he will. You know, the last last lefty we had that was a really good player out of Watertown kind of fizzled out. So I'm hoping. Uh, Hoping for a little bit more out of this one. Speaking of it, Haas dropped a 67 day two. I saw that, dude. Which is uh, just, dude, I didn't think that, that guy that golf was, anymore. But. That was my biggest bullet to dodge in the long drive. Was, was Haas? He can, yes, he can absolutely move it. Does he still have the G30? He has a ping, I think. I don't think it's the G30. But he, uh, I, got, I got a little lucky he missed the fairway, but... I, the first, my first set of three balls, my best, or the, I guess the only one that hit the fairway, it was 320 total, but 14 yards offline. So I had to take 306. And so then I just waited around to see if anyone was going to beat it. And a couple people did. So I figured, okay, I got to get back in it. And then, uh, did you go open or am division? Am. Okay. I went, uh, 316 one yard offline so 315 and that was a good enough for a for a tie second with none other than justin johnson ah only only 30 yards behind well actually no because jake's drives that he hit for the his like three for the am division his his best was only 318 so i was like actually very close oh yeah Uh, I i didn't even do the closest to the pin one Speaking of South Dakota lefties uh, in pro tournaments, I don't know if you saw last weekend PJ Tour Canada. Yeah, uh, Will, Will Grevlos tied with uh, Kyle Karazisis, who is a perennial, did. perennial 
Cattail Pro-Am competitor. Um, you see who got last in that tournament? I did see that. I was going to bring that up. Uh, you know, because that's a guy that you typically talk about a lot. You like his swing and he, you know, you see him on YouTube and he's pretty good. But uh, Michael Morris, wild. Michael Morris, wild. DFL in the PGA Tour Canada tournament. A terrible look for the YouTube. Golf oh my community. gosh. I mean, if we're talking about YouTube golf community, obviously we know he's not the best. We know that. I mean, the guy he's that won good, on the though. PGA Tour is the best one, but. Okay, what are we? Yeah, yeah, Brian Bros. Right? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about Wesley in general. Okay, but, yeah. But but yeah, he's good. I like, definitely you see I, him on YouTube and he's like okay. dropping 68. It's like, dude, this guy's exactly. good. Like if if anyone if anyone knows that anyone like a good golfer could show up and just have an awful day, like if anyone knows that, it's me. Right. You were there. You saw it. Yeah, we got to leave early. Um but man, I expected a better showing than that. That is tough. I hope he uh I hope he bounces back. But that is like that is part of the drawback of having his huge platform. Obviously, like he doesn't have to play tournaments because no. he's he's doing just fine doing what he's doing. So like he's still putting himself out there, which I respect. But like obviously he has such a big following now. So many people know who he is, so that when he goes and absolutely lays an egg like that, like he's gonna get a lot of hate yeah. for it. Yeah. So it's tough, dude. And uh, speaking of YouTube golfers, we kind of touched on this before uh, we started recording, but the the Brian Bros, both uh, well, Wesley was in the Monday qualifier just because he's a you know former tour winner has conditional status or whatever it is. Um, George goes through the pre Monday qualifier last Thursday, almost wins it, um, gets into the Monday qualifier. They both fire off uh, five unders which gets them into a six-man playoff for three spots, uh, which is probably one of the first times that a set of brothers has been in a playoff for a spot in a tour event. Uh, Wesley makes it through. He birdies the playoff hole. George Pars does not make it through the playoff. Um, wow. But the yeah. Par- yeah. 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 Uh, so that was that was kind of cool. Uh, I've been really on a big Brian Bros kick on YouTube. Um so kind of seeing the the vlog they had of that on YouTube was was really cool. Um you know, I'm I'm kind of all in again on the Wesley Brian rebound. Here we go. Uh, um, I'm ready for him to uh to get it back, get it back going. You know, if he can win this week, Get himself into the FedEx Cup playoffs. Okay. <laughs> um, I think a made cut would be a step in the right direction. Honestly, probably. But uh, George is, he thought about going away from professional golf uh, and started getting back into it this year. He played a couple of mini tour events, won a couple, uh, you know, decided to try and Monday Q into the Wyndham and almost made it. Uh, Crazy how good professional golfers are. It's so crazy, dude. Did you see Corn Ferry this week? The yeah, cut the, bar, was, the Barstool NV5? Wasn't the cut seven under? Something like seven that. Under, yeah. Seven under was the cut. Yeah. And it was a par 71. So if you showed up to a Corn Ferry tour event, shot 68-68, you didn't play the weekend. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. it's It's crazy how good these guys are. Uh, did you see the guy at the pro am that first two rounds like eighty six eighty? 
At Cattail? Yeah. Yeah. So funny story about that guy. He's not actually a pro. He just wanted to. So <laughs> this was, so he got paired the first day with uh, Justin Johnson, Josh Hansen, and oh, gosh. Uh, Justin's uh, dad. Oh, and, uh, which is funny because, uh, Justin's dad, Jay is like, I don't know what his handicap is, but he's like, you know, he's not like a scratch or anything like that. Yeah. He was working on the round of his life the first day. He was one under through like 12. And, uh, I think he ended up shooting, he ended up shooting like one or two over or something like that. Yeah. Um, but he's sitting here like one under through 12, just like a hack. He's not a hack, but like, you know, just like a random, you know, he's not a guy that would be playing on the Dakota's tour. A, a random older guy and he's absolutely like waxing this supposed pro that they're playing <laughs> with and uh so it turns out this guy was he's thinking of playing the dakotas tour next year but he's not a pro yet so he's been kind of like following the events and like want like trying to play in the pro-ams so he wanted to play this event as an amateur but he signed up for the event through the website, through the Dakota Stewart website. So he paid the full entry fee that the post. And he's an amateur. <laughs> so, yeah, he's an so amateur. So he wouldn't have won any prize money anyway. No, no, he paid 850 bucks <laughs> to play in this and he couldn't win any money anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, yeah, and then proceeds to go like 8680. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, so... you're not going to play the Dakota Stewart next year either. Well, he could if he wanted to. There's yeah, no like, just waste money. Uh, some people, some people want to do that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so they when they met on the first tee the first day. So Justin was like, "Hey, are you our pro?" He's like, uh, "I'm not a pro." <laughs> then they were they just kind of looked at him. Excuse me. So so so, so for them the first day was the am am. Yeah. So then, so for the team deal because of the net best ball, you know. So then it was a whole deal where they had to after the round, like, so like if you were tracking on the app, you had no idea what they were actually at because yeah. then after the round, they were they had to get, an get actual pro. Yeah. It was going to get ran, just like a random selection. Those were the scores they were going to get from the pro. And then it was going to be added to their scorecard. So it was kind of, it's hilarious though. That's <laughs> what a scenario. Yeah. That so is... that guy, he, he, he clearly had no idea that <laughs> to sign up for the event, you had to do it like through the course and you needed a team of three. It was only two hundred dollars to play in it, and not eight hundred and fifty. So yeah, that was that. I found that to be that is pretty. I found that to be gold. What's his handicap? That's I what know. I want to know. I mean, to be fair, it was windy the first day, but not eighty six windy. It 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 was like your hat was blowing off windy. Well, yeah, I could kind of tell because scores weren't that low. But yeah, the lowest score from a pro was like four under. Yeah, I think um, it was. Yeah, it was really weird weather. Like for the first, like basically the whole first nine, it was like super like cloudy and windy, like as if you feel like it's going to just absolutely downpour at any minute. But it never did. But the whole time it felt like, OK, the storm is just about here. So it was like that kind of wind where you can hear it like rustling in the trees and like. So, but then but then like the whole back nine was just like a steady, solid wind to where, yeah, like it, your hat is blowing off if you're standing at the wrong angle. So I was once one shot away from being in the shootout. So this was my first year not being in the shootout, uh, which was unfortunate. Oh, you didn't make the shootout this year. Yeah, but Mark was in the shootout. Mark? Yeah, because he was <laughs> Mark was playing as a 10.8 handicap. 
Oh, he made the net version. Uh, yeah. So he was he was in it based based off of his net score, and uh, his team made it all the way to the final hole. So it was him, nice. Stuart Stein, and a pro. So yeah, nice. Shout out Stuart Stein, Stein Sign Display, the title sponsor of the event. Speaking of Mark, I saw Mark last night at Zesto's. Yeah, his girlfriend works there. So yeah, we were we were very confused because um, they were right behind us in line. It was Mark and uh, your mom and your dog is Tank, right? Teddy? Teddy. Teddy. Teddy Tank. And we're like, we're just sitting there. And then the girl goes out to take their order. And they're like, no, you can help the next person. I'm like, what's going on? Like, why are they just passing up on? And then oh, yeah, they Mark's girlfriend walks out. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, it makes sense. Um, and, you know, Teddy's going crazy in the backseat. I know it's funny because every time they go to they get you know they get like a pup cup and it's just yeah. like I'm like just one tiny scoop of ice yeah. cream he he yeah. he finishes it in like eight seconds. <laughs> but he loves it though. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, man, I'm having. Where we fun go from here? Episode. I don't. Let's talk about the Ryder Cup. I, I want to talk about the adult junior. Okay, like this was the we, closest the closest I've ever been to an SDGA trophy. If we just don't talk about any pe- like professional golf, I wouldn't be mad about that. Like, no, I, I well, if we get to it, we get to it. If if you got to go, you got to go. Like I, no, my like, wife's, I'm just my wife's working fun. tonight. I have literally. I also I, have I thought you guys do. were going to be like traveling around. You're in your normal. Yeah, that that's still the plan. It's just taking way longer than we thought. <laughs> it's still the plan. Been... We're going to do it this summer, but it is now no, August. No, no. We were we thought it was going to happen in March, and it's so, just August and it hasn't happened. Yeah, so that's are we uh, that's, still playing the Compesca? Yeah, are you kidding? Okay, okay. just major, major. Yeah, of course I'm going to be back for the Compesca. That's like making sure that's non-negotiable. I'll probably buy a new putter. I'll get super wasted and buy a new putter, or I have buy another team. I have, or I have I'll buy another team in the Calcutta. Grade. Yeah, there we go. Turns out I'm 150 uh, in shop cred right now from the pro am. So I'm hoping I can stack onto that from the Capesca and maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe a spiders in my future. What do you think? Dude, I, I recommend them highly. I do know you cannot buy vice golf balls uh, in the pro shop. So don't try. I wasn't going to try. I've actually been uh, slowly accumulating uh titleist pro V ones with shop cred. So I, it's like, it's like my pro V one, like inventory it will like slowly go down and then i start thinking of okay what ball am i going to get when i run out and then it's like they just magically i don't know right how there. yeah they they keep accumulating so all right let's uh let's talk adult junior uh just to preface this i i checked the adult junior leaderboard uh, and you're tied for the lead or in the lead um when I checked the leaderboard and I'm like, wow, Nick is okay. going to win a SDGA I think we event. need to just explain what the adult junior is. So this is a, a South Dakota golf association. It's like one of the championships, I suppose. Um, so it has to be a family member. So you can't just like, you know, grab anyone. It's sort of, it's supposed to be like a family event sort of deal. So it has to be a family member. The adult has to be 25 or older. The junior has to be a junior golfer, obviously. So that's a rule. 18 or under. What? The adult has to be 25 or older. That's why I've never played in it with Sam or Mark before. I didn't know that that was a rule. Yeah. 
That's why I've never played with Sam or Mark. So it's basically to prevent like college kids from playing in it. Well, they're adults. I mean, they should... I mean, yeah, but I don't know. So I think it's it's supposed to be probably like a, a parent and yeah, child. I think that's thing. what it's supposed to be. So that I mean, that's the idea. Uh, but so I played with my brother Mark, and so it was at Cattail this year. Worked out perfectly. I'm 25. He's 18. It's the only year I could have done it with my any of my brothers, and it happens to be at our home course, so we had to make it happen. And so we did, and so it's alternate shot. So one of the toughest formats in golf, or just a straight up alternate shot. And uh, so yeah, now take it away. Uh, your uh, straight alternate shot, and I, you guys are in the lead through like twelve holes. You're like two hundred and twelve. Yeah, yeah. So we started on uh, yellow. So we yep. started um, just the the most casual birdies on one and two. So like. I just absolutely smashed this drive. So I, I was playing white tees because they had adults off the whites, but the oh. juniors for the 16-18 for the sixteen eighteen were off the blues. So like I just had a huge advantage when I was teeing off, especially because both the like, you know, both the kids in our group, like they had their dads playing and they were, you know, like older. I was just mm-hmm. destroying it past them, which was kind of fun. Were you were you teeing off odds or evens? I was I forget if they had red or yellow as the front nine. I think they had red as the front nine for some reason. So I think I was evens. Okay, so you teed off on yellow one. I teed off on yellow one. Okay, so yeah. So unless that gave me odds, I'm not sure. I, I don't remember. Whatever. I teed off on yellow one right down the middle of the fairway. Mark misses the wedge right of the green, but I hit a good chip. So we get up and down for birdie. Next hole, he hits a good drive. I throw a dart to like eight feet. So I'm like, okay, we're going to start birdie eagle. He misses it, but we still started birdie birdie. Still feeling good. We get to uh, yellow five. So our fifth hole. And so I teed off. Missed it just like a little bit right. And the ball ends up in this hole in the right rough. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen this hole that's over there. Like, it looked like it was like a drain or something. So I like called to get a ruling on it. And good old father time comes over. And he's like, no, you just have to, you just have to play it. So, so like, there's a hole that was probably like this wide in the ground and like this deep. And what I'm showing him is about a foot wide and a foot deep. And so, and he just tells we have to play it out of there. So we make a bogey on that hole. But we were, I think we were even at the turn. Then we made a couple birdies on red. You guys were like two under. Yes, yes. Going into I, I I drove it over 14. the pond. I drove it over the cattails on red two, right next to the green, and we got up and down for birdie. And then and then I drove it on the green on red four, and Mark lipped out the eagle putt. So, so we were absolutely cruising, and I and I knew we were tied for first before that hole, so I knew we were solo first after the birdie. And get and then two under alternate shot is pretty nice. That's pretty nasty. And uh, and then what happens on red five? Well, Mark had a little bit of a snap hook going. Uh, not like that many times, but he had done it earlier in the round, like on yellow eight, he almost went out of bounds. Oh, and so, and so he's teeing off all the way back on red five. Yeah. So I'm just like, just please not left. Like, I didn't say that to him, but I'm like, he was probably pretty nervous over that. And he knew we were leading and he just goes a mile, right? Just so far, right. We couldn't find the ball over there. I had to drop. 
I had two twelve in from the rough. Missed it left. It was like behind a pine tree. Then he blew that way over the green, almost into the so. And then I chip up to like four feet and he misses. Like didn't even sniff the hole oh. from four feet. So it was just a kick in the nuts. After I'm like, okay, well. So we went from two under to one over. I'm like, okay, we just have to somehow collect ourselves and we have to go like at least two under to finish out, to even have a chance. Mm-hmm. I had a terrible iron shot on six. He chips it to like 10 feet and I make it. But then we proceeded to not birdie the par five. I think he hit the tee shot. So yeah, like he would have been tee shot. If so I would have been hitting that tee shot, it would have been a huge advantage. Where did he miss it? It was like way left or way right. Either way, we didn't birdie. And then we bogeyed the last two, so it was tough. But so we ended up like tied sixth or something. So do you get do you get Sodak Cup points for that? I don't know. Probably not. That's I'm gonna do some research on that and see if you do, because if that somehow helps your Sodak Cup ranking. Huge week for the Sodak Cup points, by the way, this week. This week, yeah, this is huge for you because you're fighting for potentially a spot in the... Uh, There's no uh, way I'm anywhere close. I probably have to win. Do they have, like, updated Sodak Cup ranking? I don't know. I don't know if they do. They probably it doesn't, don't. It doesn't look like they do. Uh, 2003 championships... 2003 or 2023? 2023, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Uh, adult Junior. There's no way. There's so that somehow, There's no way. I don't even know how to look. Like, if I look at the... I'm guessing it's just not a thing. What'd you, you, you got him in the mid-am, right? That's where you got your points? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think you got any. I, that wasn't even on my radar, so that's fine. Do you get Sodak point, Cup points? For, you don't for the junior championship either, so that's probably why. Um, you, didn't, you didn't play the match play, did you? No. Same guy that won the mid-am won the match play. He's got to be the yeah. favorite this week. Uh, 100%. The guy is a stick. I heard that guy made like six figures playing professional golf. And he just got his amp status back. Yeah, like he he made a he made a lot of money playing professional golf. I think if you make that much money, you should not be able to get your amp status back. I'm pretty sure he won the Baker Pro Am at one point as a pro, like a Dakota's Tour event. I'm I've heard he might have even won the Colorado Open once, and that's like, a huge I, tournament. I'm not one to just sit here and say like, "Hey, you shouldn't be able to play amateur golf," but like that's. That's a lot. Yeah. But hey, whatever. So I guess while we're talking about it, should I just preview the stroke play? Yep. Let's go for it. All right. Well, here's the thing. My expectations have never been lower. So uh, maybe that'll mean good things. Maybe it won't. But we're at Willow Run, the worst course in the state. And no, I, I don't hate the course entirely, but man, it's. So I, I played a couple of days ago. I played the back nine yesterday. I played the front nine and that course gets so much play. Like the greens are destroyed. 
like the fairways are pretty are pretty beat. Like they just they just probably shouldn't host a tournament like the state am there. They just probably I, shouldn't do it. I would agree that course has always been like that. So but whatever. Uh shot 37 on the back, 33 on the front. But I'm just trying to go into it with like as little expectations as I've had going into a tournament in a lot of years, just because my individual stroke play events this year have been pretty disappointing. So do they, uh, do they have T sheets out yet? Do you know who you're playing with or not yet? Uh, it was a couple guys I have never played with. I don't think I've met them. I'm 8:20 on Friday and 2:50 on no 8:30 on Friday and 2:50 on Saturday. Do you know names? Uh, I don't even remember them. Well, so I am not playing the uh, the stroke play this year. Um, I kind of made a promise to myself. I don't know if I said this on the podcast or not yet. You may have, but I've basically made a promise that I will not play a a major SDG event outside of the two man until. I am back to a, a plus just cause like that's kind of a proving point to my, like if my game is good enough that I can get back to a plus, then I think I deserve to play in competitive events again. But like, I haven't been in a competitive mindset since 2020. So many times have you only played the match play once? I played the match play once ever. Um, and I, I probably might never play the match play again, honestly. Um, but I wonder yeah, how the like pod I, system worked out for him this year. I, I don't know. That's you know, it's a good question. Or the um, qualifying like series because the qualifying it, series that seemed like, like that was kind of lame. I mean, in Watertown, there was three people that played in the qualifier. Yeah, that's like the, there's no point of having that qualifier if there's only three people in it. So yeah. Um I think, yeah, I think that kind of fell on its face this year. Like, I but, like the pods thing, guaranteeing people three matches. Yeah. But the uh I, I like that. I, th- I think that can stay. I think the qualifiers is probably what will have to go out. Um, but, like, last year I played the state stroke play. Played absolutely abysmal. I think I fired triple 81s. Um, but, like was the worst I've played in so long. And it was also the first like truly competitive tournament I had played since 2019. So like it was a, it was an interesting feeling uh, to say the least. And yeah, like real competitive golf tournament. Like that's just a feeling like, like the pro-am doesn't feel like that. Pro-am doesn't feel like that. The Compesca doesn't feel like that, but like you're showing up, and you're playing with a hundred of the best people in the state. It it's wild. Like it, it's just it's something different. Like I'm playing with, you know, last year a guy from the same town that I'm from who is just way better than me, and another guy who is just you know I've never met before, but is just so much better than. Like it's just it, it's very tough, and so I can't do that to myself if i'm Who'd not you play with last year uh van heck and oh. uh adam schiffer miller from van heck he, he beat me in the pro-am did he 
Yeah. I yeah, think I mean, so. The, By like one or two. The guy's a good player. Uh, that's, that's for sure. Um, but like, yeah, I just, I just can't play those events. Um, and like not have my golf game. Like if, if I'm a two handicap, there's no point even signing up because like, I'm obviously not playing good golf. Why would I walk up to Willow run shoot 82 and yeah. And, and the stroke play is basically like, if you, if you don't feel like you even have the ability to like get hot for a few days and be in the mix, then it's like, you're just there to play three rounds of tournament golf and like, hope you get like, hope the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hope the flights turn out well. And that like, after two days, you're like leading your flight or something. That's basically the, you know, like, whereas even if you're not, you know, feeling too great about your golf game, like there's still things to play for and fun to be had in events like the Pro-Am or the Capesco Open. Yeah. Like what, and it's the same with like, I will always play the two man, no matter what my handicap is, I could be a 35 handicap. And I would still play the two man just because like, well, who's the other man that's going to play with you? I, I don't know. Handicap. I don't know. But like just the two man is, it's something different, you know, playing it with you. Uh, it's a, it's a different kind of tournament, a different vibe. Yeah. And we um, eagled the last hole. That's going to bring us back. You know, I like forgot, I forgot about that. That was sick. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, the match play, the one time I played the match play, I barely squeaked into the champ bracket and then got worked and then got worked. (laughs) Like, yeah, like I, I just, I don't want to put myself through that year in and year out. Just $250. I love the match play, but I don't want to pay $250 just to lose seven and six and go home. Like the thing about the the match play is, is I feel like I can literally beat anyone on any given day. Yeah. And I've, and yeah. I've proven that to myself with some of the matches I've played over the years that like, I, I do think I can get out and make a run at the match play at some point. Well, and I think the match play came down to a lot of like getting lucky with the draw. Like, you know, if I play anybody, that's not the guy I play. Like I probably have a little bit more of a chance. Like I might lose well, four yes, and three, but also, of seven I mean, six. I mean, shooting that high number in the, yeah. in the qualifying round is what led to that. Yeah. Is because you, I mean, even if you didn't play him, you were going to play someone else that shot like at 69. Uh, unless I lose the playoff and I just go to the lower bracket. Yeah, just birdied the playoff to, to just after, step after on my, After my college coach is sitting behind me, guy pumps one out of bounds, allegedly out of bounds. We didn't know for sure, but it was, we were pretty sure it was out of bounds. And I could just still proceed to rip driver on this short part four. Well, yeah. And the guy went out of bounds with an iron, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And I just ripped driver and he, he isn't that because you thought you were going to hosel it. Well, yeah, I went down to the range to warm up for this playoff and I shanked five straight pitching wedges. I'm like, dude, I can't, hit an, I can't hit an iron off the tee. I love how I, you're preparing to play a, a drivable par four to where you're either going to hit iron and like a short wedge into the green or just a driver but yet you go to the range and hit pitching wedges no i was like not gonna hit on that i was warming up like just getting loose with a pitching wedge before i was gonna hit because i'd been sitting for an hour or so yeah and so i was like just taking a couple swings with pitching wedges just to loosen up 
and just hosling them. I'm like, all right, driver it is. And he was not happy with me after that. Let's just say that. Um, but yeah, back to what I was, back to what I was talking about. Uh, if my game continues trending where it is right now, I will probably be in the stroke play next year. I'll probably sign up for the match play next year. Jeez. Um, depends. It, it all depends on location for me. It, because it depends on location. To be honest, like I'm not even the, in the frame of mind that I feel like playing the stroke play right now, but it's 15 minutes away from me. Yeah. So if, if the stroke plays in like the only West river location, I think I would play the stroke play would be Meadowbrook just to play Meadowbrook again. Is that wild for you? Such a mid course, though. But dude, I I got good history. Yeah, that's true. I didn't make that's an ace true. there. I didn't make an ace there. But like, if the state stroke plays at Heart Ranch, like I'm not I'm not gonna go out to Heart Ranch to play the state stroke play. That's just a waste of time to drive eight hours. And knowing where it was the last two years, it went Mitchell Sioux Falls. It's gonna probably be somewhere west. So probably not. Twenty twenty, it was out west. <laughs> So yeah, I think we're in the rotation where it will go back. And then it went it went Aberdeen, Mitchell, Sioux Falls. So yeah, probably so should knows. go back out west. I'd rather it um, didn't, but yeah. Um, where was the two man this year? Is that Mitchell? Where, yeah, is it gonna, it's that's gonna go out west next year too, isn't it? Yeah. Probably. Well, well, one of those two is going out west because the match play was out west. Well, the, the two man definitely will because it was two straight years East River. Well, so was the stroke play was three straight. Yeah, but the stroke play doesn't usually alternate. The two man usually goes back and forth. Oh, does it? Yeah. Because I know they typically have one of the big three out west. That makes sense. So, you think. Uh, this look at this group. If, do you think if anyone is listening, do you think they're they're bored of this by now and want Probably. to talk about anything I wanna, else? I want to talk about this group though. The guy who won the match play and the mid am. Okay. Tyler Westra, Jake Olson. Are you serious? That's a group. Jeez. That is gonna be a group. Wow. Uh Caleb Johnson is in the field as well different one <laughs> i saw that uh yeah i have nothing else on the state's real play uh or anything like that um ben so, clark yeah. in the field i forgot he existed <laughs> oh that, yeah he's back up uh not in uh orlando not coaching putting. putting school yeah uh anyone else that's big in this field that i really care to mention maybe that i haven't heard of in a while not really. It's kind of what you expect. Gunner rang in the field. Okay. All right. Besides that, no, I don't really care about any of these people. So feel free to follow along. Feel free to spare yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, let's, are you done with the States real play? I want to jump into this one real quick. Oh, I want to talk, talk about Ryder cup. Um, and I guess we could preface Ryder Cup by kind of going through the last few weeks on tour. Uh, and I guess specifically the Open Championship, Brian Harmon wins yep. the Open. Uh, guy who every time, like when I'm watching all of Sunday, it's like, 
there's no way this sh- this guy should win a major before Ricky. There's no way this guy should win a major before Rory wins another one. Like, there's no way that. But yeah. he he pulls through. He so, wins the uh, Open. B- before the Open, I, I honestly want to, since we're talking Ryder Cup, it's it's tangentially related. Actually, not even tangentially. It's related. I want to shout out uh, Bob McIntyre for the for the, uh-huh. the run he made at the Scottish Open. Oh my gosh, his, he almost won his, his home open. His, yeah, his home national open to shoot a 64 in those wins. That shot he hit with that three wood into the nuts. 18th hole. Dude, he should have won that. Of course, of course Rory can't win a single major, but then when sw- taking the Scottish Open away from Bob, that birdies the last so two. So nuts. Like where's birdieing the last two when he needed it at St. Andrews last year or LACC this year? But no, he can do it when it's taking the Scottish Open away from Bob. Like, are you kidding me, Rory? Sorry, but I had to but get that off my chest. It, it does get Bob into an auto qualifier spot. Knocks out Yannick Paul, sadly. Uh, guy I really wanted to see get through. Um, and speaking of guys that are currently auto qualified, Tommy Fleetwood on there. Did you see that TC flew out? <laughs> to the open for Sunday to watch Tommy. Please. Dude, yes. <laughs> so one of my favorite things to do during major weeks is like w- when I have time, like some days I'm not able to do it, but if I'm able to, I love catching the live shows from no laying up because oh, it's they're awesome. so classic. And oh, that was amazing. So obviously after the first round five under from Tommy, you know, TC is basically taking his victory lap. Uh, extremely uh prematurely and then you know day two he kind of hung around but then but he mentioned that night on the podcast that he like was eyeing some tickets he's like you know i just mm-hmm. have kind of a feeling it's like man if something happens like i, I need to be there for it and then <laughs> saturday they start round, the live show round round three happens first of all tommy did not play well no uh Harmon extended his lead he wasn't even tommy like- tommy he he fell seven shots behind, I think. Yeah, is what he was it was like six or seven back. And then the the live show, yeah. What did DJ say? The, the live show starts and it's like just DJ and Neil and Solly. Big Randy was there. Big Randy. Like remember, it was everybody. I think, I think. Like TC wasn't there. Uh, maybe Neil wasn't there because Neil was at. Yeah, it might have just been. I don't know. I don't remember who all. It but was. like there was like three people. And there's no TC, and it's like, what is going on? And they're like, oh, we have some breaking news, and here comes TC, and he's in the freaking airport. Well, well, no. What happened was at the beginning of the podcast, DJ was just like, I have just received word from the desk of Tron Carter that he's a late scratch for this podcast. Yes, yes. Which was funny because they were all going to just absolutely dump on him for Tommy's performance yeah. that day. You know, from him taking the victory lap to being seven shots back. And so then they're like, they're like, not to spoil what's like, they're like, everything's okay. There's no family emergency. But like, if you guys want to, like they're like we're getting word like everything's fine he's just something came up he's not able to be on the podcast they're like so guys if you if you want to just flame him for not being here and facing the music for Tommy like do it because there's no emergency here and then uh and then Solly a little bit later is like you know not to spoil where Tron is but uh we have a shared google calendar and i saw i saw a a flight to munich on there <laughs> Lufthansa. <laughs> so 
Um, and, then, and then yeah, he just comes in and he's in the middle. He's in the airport, and is it was it Solly or Randy that was like I? It was Solly. He's like, I yeah. know where that is. I know that that's the airport. Yeah, he's like, I know Dulles when I see it. And then just the <laughs> fact when when he pops in, and he's like, gentlemen, <laughs> hello. This classic. And it turns I, out Friday night he said he had a dream that Tommy was going to win the Open, so he had and to he be had there. to be there. Which is, uh, and then to it's crazy to make that decision after he was seven shots back to go out there for to watch him get what did he get like tied sixth or tied yeah. no, he like finished tenth yeah it was he like a stolen it was a stolen valor yellow uh, not necessarily because he triple he triple bogeyed seventeen on Sunday so he was like he was well within the top ten but but like but yeah it's uh, for for him to fly out to the open and then have to deal with those conditions too just hilarious, hilarious. like the Sunday yeah. live show he was like yeah I'm soaked. You know, a lot of people were buying me beer, like, like a lot of selfies. But, but oh man, like we just dove a lot into just Tommy Fleetwood at the Open. Uh, Brian Harmon won it. Uh, kind of a poor showing from our guy Rick that week. Uh, yeah, that was really it started kind of with day all, one. He had a, he had a really solid round one, going. I think he had a really solid round going, but he ended up making a triple after pumping two OB, and it was like which solid I, triple for pumping two OB. But I was trying to stay positive, like, hey, there's a lot of golf left. He's not out of it. But it was just really, like, really a punch in the gut after. He had a rough start to the round. I think he bogeyed the first hole, and he really didn't have it. But the man, like, he had managed to get around the course with one hole left being two under. It was like, yeah, like, it was, it was like, okay, round. like, he, yeah, he's not even playing good. And he's tied, what, what was he, tied fifth or tied third at the time? Yeah, he was, like, something. tied fifth. Uh you know, two under going into 18 par five, make a birdie and shoot three. Like that's a pretty respectable round. Not even uh, respectable. It's a great opening round. Yeah. Pumps two OB makes triple shoots one over. And it's like, Oh, this is a whole went from being potentially two back to now being six back. Like, yeah. Nice. Was, I mean, you know, I was trying to stay positive, but it, it, if actually like it was over, yeah. what did he end up finishing? Tied 23rd at like even, I think, which is like, Tied T23. <laughs> Solid. I mean, it's a I mean, it's major okay. finish. It's, we there, were there, definitely there, expecting more. There's a lot of hype. You know, people were definitely talking about him going into but it. Yeah. And so it was, I would say it's a letdown more than anything. Rory in contention again. Uh, Did the classic thing where he makes a couple birdies Sunday to make you think, oh, is he in it? And then, yeah, like, is he going to And do then it? goes away. Yeah. No, he's not. Um, uh, no, he's not. Shout out. Shout out Max Homa just for making a cut in a major, honestly. Yeah, and hanging it's, around the top ten, like it's still yeah, a stretch to say he was in contention, there. but like a good showing in a major. His first top ten. But uh, um, shout out Sepp Straka. I like yeah, Sepp. Sepp Straka. He's going to be on the Ryder Cup team for Team yep, Europe. He he definitely should be. I agree. Uh, not that we're here to talk European Ryder Cup team because we're red, white, and blue bleeding Americans. But all right, so Brian uh, Harmon, what he went, he wins, he won by six. Yeah. So here's the thing about Brian Harmon. It's just one of those majors that it's, it's sort of just like, I see it as a flash in the pan sort of thing. Like it's when Wyndham Clark won the U S open, you kind of have this, like, it makes you look at him differently and picture Mm -hmm. the rest of his career differently. Like, okay, this is a big win for him. Like he's going to do like, he's a different player in your eyes. But for some reason, this Brian Harmon thing is like, I don't, I still don't expect him to win any other majors going forward. It's just like, it's just some, for some reason, like everything just happened for him this week. The the open, like, 
I expect him to be any different player moving forward. The open can kind of be a fluky major. Um, just cause like they, they pointed out he didn't really hit it into any bunkers all week. Uh, yeah. His ball striking was really, really good. Um, but you know, that's, that's what he needs is really good ball striking. Uh, and to keep it out of bunkers, you know, if he gets one bad break or two bad breaks that kick him into a bunker, I mean, it's a whole different week instead of winning by six, he's probably maybe in a playoff or even maybe behind. Um, and yeah, like you said, I don't really see any other scenario where Brian Harmon could ever win a major unless everything lines up for him at an open championship. I mean, same thing goes to Zach Johnson. Yeah, he won a Masters, but Crazy he also year. also props wanted, to him for taking it. Yeah, he won a Masters at like over par. Two uh, over wins an Open Championship as well. Like, I mean, talk about a guy who made the absolute most out of his talent, though. Shout out yeah. Zach Johnson, honestly, Any, Captain Zach. It just kind of feels like anybody can win an Open Championship. You can just kind of you know luck into one if you get a couple good breaks. I mean, Jordan Spieth won an Open Championship, and he's not historically uh, the straightest of hitters. Uh, okay, here, all the time. here's a question for you: The Open Championship, otherwise known as the British Open, overrated, properly rated, or underrated as an event? I, I think, in general, the Open Championship is my favorite major. Okay, interesting. Uh, second, second, second favorite major. I like the Masters number one, obviously. I don't know if you remember our Masters podcast, but I said I love the Masters uh, a lot. Masters my favorite. Okay. But looking uh, it's, at open, it's number th- it's number three for me. Yeah. Oh, I'm assuming behind the U.S. <laughs> I like the U.S. Open a lot better than the. Open. I think and the, it's probably just because I'm American. I think it depends but, on venue. If it's a good U.S. Open venue, the U.S. Open can definitely trump the but, Open. But but just like in my brain, the U.S. Open has so much more like context for some reason. Just the fact that maybe it, it's probably not because I've played qualifiers. But like, I don't know, like there's there's local qualifiers here, like a lot of places like you hear of people that go through local and sectional qualifying, get into the open like it, it truly feels open. But like and I probably could find it if I sought it out. But like it's not like I've played in qualifying for the open you know what i mean like it just yeah. it feels like a it feels like a more like abstract distant entity than like the u.s open does and that's okay, probably so just because i'm american i have a list of open championship winners up in front of me and you know i'm just going to kind of go down the list down until like the year 2000 uh but how many of these guys are one-time major winners or like just kind of one and done you know you got brian Harmon. Are you going to disrespect Shane Lowry like that? Shane Lowry in 2019. Francesco Molinari in 2018. Hey, man, that guy's iconic. Henrik Stenson in 2016. Like, great player. That guy's majestic. Never won a major. Zach Johnson. Won the Open. Darren Clark. Rory McIlroy. Stu Sink. Okay, Louis Eustazen, that is a that is crazy. Todd Hamilton, Ben Curtis. Like <laughs> I feel like that was a lot of majors back in like that time period, though. You were getting a lot of randos. Like even I mean, like the US but, Open, like Michael Campbell, Lucas Glover. But the, what this is 2004, 2003. Lucas Glover was 2009. Okay, same relative, like 
time period. I mean, Darren Clark was 2011. Freaking Tom Watson was 50-something years old and almost won an Open. 59. Stuart Sink, baby. Stewie Stewie like, Sink. Got a leaky faucet on my Stewie Stewie Sink. Like, just anybody can win an Open. It's just, it's kind of feels like you can fluke into one. Wow. I, I, I don't know. A, we'll get Darren Clark on the podcast and see what he thinks about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure he'd love that. But like, like, if you're an actual, like, if you're Tiger Woods or you're Padraig Harrington, you know, Ernie Els, Rory. Ooh, Padraig um, Harrington. Do you think he should be on the European team? Dude, he might have to be. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not, like, I, I'm, I'm not, okay with that. If, I don't if they, know if I'd be out on Padraig Harrington. Uh, Ian Baker Finch as well, open champion. Um, we need to talk about the fifth major, the 3M Open, or oh, we, we get, we're going to talk about the Ryder Cup. We're still trying it's, to it's, talk about the Ryder Cup. It's tangentially related. Okay, let's talk about the 3M Open. No, we don't. We don't have to. But basically, the, 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 the Justin Thomas question. That's basically. Oh, the, well, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, who did win the three? Uh, Lee Hodges. Luke, Lee by, Hodges. Yeah, only by seven shots, just a touchdown. Yeah, just a just a really close uh, tournament there. Uh, did you, did you see the clip of when Lee, uh, Nick Saban called Lee Hodges after? So, because he, he played college golf at Alabama Yeah, and, and Nick Saban is really into golf. So like after he won, like Nick Saban called him and was like, tell him congrats. You should see this clip. The amount of different names that Lee calls him, he calls, he calls him bud, Al, dude, uh, like He's like, thanks, pal. Like, it reminded me of a clip from like a pardon my take episode when they had this like this guy on. He was like, Hey, don't pal me, buddy. And he's like, Don't bud me, pal. That's what it reminded me of. He's like, Who do you think you are calling Nick Saban pal, bud, dude, man? But huge, huge win for Lee Hodges. It moves him up to 27th in the uh, Ryder Cup rankings, right ahead of Eric Cole. Dude, Eric Cole, low key. Is, ha- is just one of my favorite he's players. A year. He's having a year right now. I-, I did come to a shocking realization. Um, I want to put this officially out on the podcast. I want to, I typically like to change who my top five rooting interests are uh, in golf. Oh boy. Um, and there's a video that came out last week. And is Sahib kinda, still in your top five? I just kind of envy this guy right now. This guy's living the life. Uh, video came out. He's on a buddy's trip. He got oh, done here we go. at the yeah. open. This guy's and awesome. He flew into the Arctic Circle uh, and is just having a guy's weekend. He's chilling in a golf cart with a dog. Not like, caring to go help search for the golf ball. Is, that was the funniest clip. He's just like so looking at him laughing. Chilling. Victor Hovland is my guy right now. I'm going to go buy a crap ton of J- JL gear and I'm just going to chill like Crown Vic. Uh, uh, anyway, let's go Ryder Cup. Two official qualifiers now. Uh, Scotty Scheffler and Wyndham Clark are officially qualified for the Ryder Cup. They're going to uh, announce assuming, that for Brian Harmon any week now. I'm assuming I'm Brian sure. Harmon and Brooks Kepka will be joining that list quite soon. Uh, maybe the same for Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay. Those are me. Um, they're maybe on the on the edge. I'm not sure yeah, if they'll they, auto qualify they could, before the I don't end know of the playoffs. Auto, but uh, I think Xander will probably get a, a captain's pick if he does not auto qualify. 
Well, all those guys will get a captain's pick yeah. if they don't, but um so we got those six who are you know virtual locks uh or locked already. So we got six. It brings spots me still it brings to me to one question. Does are the majors weighted way too heavily in the Ryder Cup points system? Uh are you saying that a guy can finish second and first in a major and basically qualify just on that? Uh, yeah. Well, yes, and the fact that Brian Harmon can do nothing to to warrant a spot on this Ryder Cup team, and then he just has one career week at the Open, and all of a sudden he's virtually a lock to be on the team. Like, if this Ryder Cup was in the states, like at a big golf at a big course, like for example Whistling Straits last time, like Brian Harmon does not help your team. He would play the Kevin Kisner at, role. It would be like the, the Kevin Kisner the, argument. Uh, a Kevin Kisner role does not exist at Whistling Straits. That's what I'm saying. He would not exist at Whistling Straits. He would yeah, be a that, terrible but, fit for but Whistling Straits. This, if this year's Open was in 2021 when they played at Whistling Straits, you'd have Brian Harmon on your team automatically because of the points. Yeah. And like that's that's not a way for you to get the best 12 Americans. Yes, I you know what I, I mean. I definitely agree. Uh that there probably could be some sort of shift. Many people and, are saying it should be 12 captain's picks. You know, I wouldn't go that far. I definitely think there should be some auto qualifiers. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it is kind like, of, he moved up, it, he moved up like 20 spots in the Ryder cup rankings or something. Yeah. Just, it, I don't want to call it scummy, but I just can't think of a better word. It feels kind of scummy. Now I do that, think he'll be a he'll be a relatively good course fit, and the fact that it's an away Ryder Cup, like just how he was describing his mindset of like you know he knew all the fans wanted other people to win versus him, and yeah, how he like used that as motivation. Like I think I think he's a great addition to the team this year, and it's going to work out. You can pair a lot of guys with him. He makes a ton of putts. It makes sense for this year. But I'm just saying like. In general, like it makes you wonder, are the majors weighted way too heavily for Brian yeah. Harmon to pretty much be a lock at this yeah. point? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it Brian Harmon winning the Open really kind of made the Ryder Cup picture a little bit messy. Yeah, I mean, we yep. we kind of felt like we had a pretty solid lineup of twelve guys, uh, especially that the ones we talked about on the show uh, previously. And now that Brian Harmon is an auto qualifier, one of those guys is out. Um, so now, you know, we've got probably seven guys who are capable of being on this team, maybe even eight, uh, depending on how far you want to go with it. That's sort are, of a thing like uh, which, like who did Brian Harmon winning the open? Like who was it worst for? Yeah. Like, who did it kick out? J- JT, Denny McCarthy, a guy like that, Keegan. Yeah. Like th- th- those, those kinds of guys, Finau. That's that's what we need to talk about here. Who now that Brian Harmon is in, who are you bringing in along with him? Like who is well, still making this team? Okay. And so there was also Freddie Couples gave an interview and he named three guys that he said that he virtually said like, yes, they're going to be captain's picks. And it was Spieth, Homa and Young. And those are the next three guys on the the ranking. So seven, eight, nine. So Freddie Couples basically said, like, yeah, these guys are going to be. Yeah, the, these are these guys are going to be on the team. Yeah. So Young, uh, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I he's think he's been he, playing pretty 
not great this year for his, his standards that he set has last year. Kind of picked up a little bit lately, though. Uh, he was in the mix at John Deere. He was in the mix at the Open final group, yeah. actually. Yeah. So that was a very good sign. But his putting you know, is still back to back years too for Cam Young uh, that he was in the mix at the Open. Um, his ball flights are beautiful. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but now he was at it's the 3M. Just, Dude, I would I would have gone to that event just to watch him hit range. Kind of like when we just sat there and watched Cameron Champ hit range. That was yes. so sick. So Except sick. Cameron Young is a better ball striker than yeah. Cameron Champ. So Max Homa, Cameron Young, Jordan Spieth are in. Seven, eight, nine. So we got three spots left. Ricky, I feel like, should be locked. I feel, I like, feel Ricky like should be part of the Ryder Cup team. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine unless unless he shoots like unless he fails to break eighty like in his next three tournaments. Yeah, you know, like the FedEx Cup playoffs, he just Which, like just lays like a, an egg of epic proportions in the Ryder Cup play, or the the FedEx Cup playoffs. Like I, if I mean, if he plays relatively normally, I, I can't imagine he's not on the team. Yeah, and speaking of not breaking eighty, well, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. Um. Also, looking at guys who are on this list, I think, you know, looking at data golf rankings, looking at uh, Ryder Cup rankings, I think Colin Morikawa should be on this team. I don't, I don't hate that either. Yeah, yeah, which, it's which hard, hard, us, hard to hard to argue he shouldn't be on the team. Except, I mean, his form this year hasn't been great, but he's also like he's Colin Morikawa. Yeah. He played really well at Whistling Straits, which you could almost argue isn't even a great course fit, given the length. And, but the guy's just a ball striker. Yeah, yeah. I think Colin should probably be on the team. And so now you're down to one spot. If we add and Ricky and, and you've Colin, got, you've got Keegan, Keegan Bradley, Bradley, Sam, Sam Burns, Burns, Justin Finau. Thomas, Danny Tony McCarthy, Finau. Yeah, yeah, Tony Finau. Um. You know, Kurt, I'm just going down the list. Kurt Kitayama, Will Zalatoris is out, Harris English, Tony Finau, Chris Kirk. And that's basically where you draw the line. You can throw DJ if you want to look at live guys. That's the thing. That's another thing. Like, what it, if DJ had better form in the majors this year, it'd be a real question. Yeah. I think I like, um, like, I, there's people saying, well, like, you know, DJ played great in the last Ryder Cup, and that's all true. And honestly, you could make a good argument that DJ would be a good addition to this team, but I'm just like, for from a realistic standpoint, he's not getting picked. Yeah, it's it's not happening. Considering like he showed no form in the majors. You're seeing the live stands. I've been seeing a lot of the live stands. They're saying that there should be five guys from live that should be locks on the team. Yeah, they're saying like Patrick saying Reed, like, Taylor Gooch, Phil Mickelson are locks. Uh, yeah. DJ, they're saying should be a lock. Uh, interestingly, that at least enough, makes a little bit of sense. Interestingly enough, Phil Mickelson has more Ryder Cup points than DJ. That's because Phil was second at the Masters. The, well, yeah, I guess that's right. The, guess that's right. The majors, yeah, are weighted yeah. so heavily. Um, so basically you're looking at you know seven, six guys, because Will Zalatoris is out who are going uh, for this. And then it kind of it kind of makes you wonder, like, is Ricky a lock? Yeah. And I hate like, to be wondering that. Like, I feel like going into And we're not the even open, talking about Sahith anymore. I know. I feel like going into the Open, or even just coming off Ricky's win, Ricky's a lock to make the Ryder Cup team. 
Brian Harmon wins and he throws the entire scenario into into the fan. It's it's a mess now where you know Keegan or Ricky or JT or Denny McCarthy like so these, assuming assuming we had just that one spot remaining, who are you picking for your last spot? I I can't go JT in good faith anymore. I can't either. Like I I have to say I I'd probably go Keegan. I'd probably just would you take go the Keegan. Top would you go Keegan over Big Tone? I'd probably just take top twelve in the Ryder Cup rankings and just Sam Burns, dude. Ah, dude, it's tough. It's, it's, it's so tough. tough. Honestly, it's it's hard to imagine. Like, there's just no way Justin Thomas and Tony Finau are on this team, which is kind of crazy to imagine. You know, like it, it, I, imagining like that the rider like that the Ryder Cup team would there's a very high chance they're both not on it. If we if we went top twelve on data golf for the Ryder Cup team, it would be Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Ricky Fowler, Colin Morikawa, Wyndham Clark, Max Homa, Brian Harmon, Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau. How many am I at there? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, Spieth and Keegan would be the last two. So Cameron Young would be out. Um, That's the thing. Like I don't, I don't think Cam Young should be a lock. I, that, I that's one where, and I hate that we have to. I mean, we have to give the spot because Freddie's like, yeah, Cam Young's going to be in Rome, which is like that's. That's a little that's a little early to be saying that, I think. Especially when like Tony Finau has I mean, he's got a few years of experience in both the Ryder Cup and President's Cup. I just I don't know, man. It, it's messy. Uh it's messy to say the very least. But I mean Tony, yeah, Tony doesn't have much form either. So there's I mean, if we're arguing against JT for form, I gotta say the same against Tony. Yeah. Um I'm honestly just I'm I think it would be a mistake to be, I guess basically what I'm saying I think it'd be a mistake to leave Ricky off the team I think it'd be a mistake to leave Colin off the team I think those two guys should be on the team I think Max should be on the team I think Jordan other should be than on the Detroit team. does Colin have any form I mean his his data like golf a, ranking would say that he has form. Like a backdoor top ten at the U.S. Open, maybe? Uh, his recent he miscut at the Open, T two at the Rocket Mortgage, miscut at the Travelers, T fourteen at the U.S. Open, withdrew at the Memorial. That's the thing, like except with, for you know, I mean Detroit, withdrew, Colin has no form. Withdrew in contention at the Memorial. That is true. That is true. Yeah, it was before the final round. Yeah, it was like three shots back or something. Yeah. Uh, T10 at the Masters this year, like his results this year in general haven't been terrible. He's had, I mean, he's had six missed cuts, but he has a second at the Tournament of Champions, a third at the Farmers Insurance, uh, T6 at the Genesis, like T13 at the Players, T10 at the Masters. He's got good finishes this year. It's just kind of the recent form is what's what's lacking. Uh, it's a hard spot for old Captain Zach. 
it's a very tough spot. Maybe he might just put himself on the team. That would be yikes. That'd be tough. So yeah, JT, I'm hearing, like I saw an article today about how like you have to put JT on the team still. Like he said for so many years, it was Joel Beal. Uh, that was article. Uh, he wrote it. It was like, it said, it was along the lines of the argument was like this. For so many years, like Team Europe relied less on like current form and more on like basically who the guys are, you know, like for so many years they, they were picking Poulter because of what had, they had done in the past, Lee Westwood, you know, names such as, such as those. And then they would, you know, show up and sort of be who they were, who were they, who they were expected to be in these events. And he's saying, you know, based off that, you, you still have to have Justin Thomas on your team. And he's saying like, you know, you, a quote was, you don't leave your heart and soul in America or something. I don't know. But, dude, I just, there's I mean, also like, no matter where your heart is at, like, if, if you can't make a putt, you can't make a putt. If he misses, if he misses the playoffs, I think he should automatically be out. I think now, that's that. Granted, missing the playoffs this year isn't as big of a red flag as in past years when it was 125, because now it's up to 70. But still, B- JT being outside the top 70. In the FedEx Cup is like, that's not just like, oh yeah, he's struggling a little bit. It's like, no, JT is not himself anymore. He has one top ten. It's almost unfair to him to stick him in the in a, in the Ryder Cup. He has one top ten since April first. Was it the Travelers? Yeah. Since April 1st, he has missed one, two, three, four, five, six cuts. He's fired two rounds in the 80s at majors, a 78 the second round at the Masters. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. You can't do it. You can't. Especially, he's playing it, Zach Johnson's charity event coming up soon, too. Have you heard about that? No. So it's like. He's never played in it before, but now this year he's playing in Zach Johnson's charity event. So a lot of people are saying if uh, if he ends up getting a pick to be on the team, even if he hasn't started playing better, it's uh, not a good look. And I tend to agree with that. One may say it was an act of charity. That's one way to put it. I'll BRB. He is going to BRB. So... If we go down the list here, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are just hard to leave off. Um, like, you know, even even Keegan, right? It wasn't that long ago that he was winning at Travelers. I've been hyping this guy up all year, and it feels like he's done a lot to improve on his game, become a good putter again, and, you know, try to be at a point where he's making these U.S. teams again, like he was earlier in his career. Um, he's played on a couple Ryder Cup teams, at least one President's Cup team, but it would be hard. I mean, you can make a good case for picking others instead of Keegan, but it, it'd be hard to leave a guy like Keegan off the team. Um, obviously, Jenks talked about Holland Morikawa. I mean, it's probably... You got to imagine Morikawa is going to be on the team. It's hard to imagine him 
not being there. Sam Burns sitting there at 13th, just outside that top 12. He literally won the match play this year, which would, you know, would usually be a pretty good indicator of, you know, someone who could be pretty good at the Ryder Cup. He ha- he played, uh, I think, in his first team competition last year at the President's Cup, but hasn't shown a whole lot of form other than that win at the match play. Uh, a few weeks ago, before we had some other guys shaking things up, it kind of seemed like a prime year for a guy like Denny McCarthy, who wouldn't usually be in a position to make a U.S. Ryder Cup team. It kind of seemed like a prime year for someone like him to make a sneaky run at it, but now that's not looking like that would happen unless he has a crazy playoffs. But yeah, it's just hard. Like Tony Finoff sitting down there at 19th. It's hard to even fathom how that's the, how that's even possible considering the amount of wins he has in the last two years. Like, how is it even possible that Tony's down that low? It is, it is crazy uh, that he is, Just because he hasn't contended in a major in years. Honestly, like, yeah. It's, it's also crazy to think like, imagine if Will Zalatoris is, you know, healthy. Yeah. How, how much different this could be. Um, I don't like, I just, I hate to leave JT off the team, but where it's a terrible situation this year where you have, you know, Brian Harmon auto qualifying, nothing against Brian Harmon, but you know, another thing about Ricky, obviously he's 12th in points, which would made you, which would make you think like, Oh, he's borderline. But it's also worth noting that literally shouldn't, maybe it's, it's probably not literally, but you know, for all intents and purposes, all of his points have come from this year. He didn't do a single thing last year. No, he so, is like like his current form is much better than being twelfth on the list because it's a two year, you know, it's a two year points uh cycle. So I, I, I would think that Ricky is probably the hottest golfer uh you know this year, calendar year. Mm, Scotty. Oh. You have to put Scotty up there. Scotty hasn't won. Even Rom. Well, Scotty has won twice this year. No, he hasn't. It's fake wins. Oh, the Phoenix Open and the players. Yeah, just fake. Okay, best ball striker in the world by a significant margin. And has do you think what's wins. hurting Ricky is that his record in the Ryder Cup is three seven and five? Hey, yeah, his Ryder Cup record is cheeks. I'm not gonna lie about that. Five five halves at you know, at one time. He had basically all of those halves before he ever won a match. Like he had, I'm pretty sure he was like 03 and 5 at one point. Which is bizarre to have that many halved matches. But he was on the winning team at Hazeltine. He beat Justin Rose in singles at Hazeltine. Followed that match. Saw yeah, it with my own there. two eyes. Dude, I that was, a, I'm that was so, a stinker of a match. Not gonna lie. I don't know how uh, Data Golf does their Ryder Cup rankings, but I had to scroll down, down to find Justin Thomas. Uh, he's below guys like Brendan Todd, JJ Spawn. Good grief. Uh, Mark Hubbard. 
But yeah, and JT is 14th on the official Ryder Cup rankings, but he won a major last year. So it's just inf- inflating him on the list like significantly. Oh, no, this is the data golf. It's in order of data golf rankings. So that's who he's below oh. on data golf rankings right now. Yeah. Um, Bo Hostler. Bo Hostler is a better data golf ranking than Justin Thomas right now. Dude, that is crazy, actually. That is crazy, dude. We're talking Bo Hostler. What is going on, dude? Like, it's... I, I, in good faith, if I was a captain, I could not give a spot to JT if I was trying to build a roster of the best team. But, like, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if he got a spot just because he's JT. What's Sam Ryder? I hardly know her. He's built for the cup. You know who's really built for the cup? You have to scroll all the way down, number 69 in the Ryder Cup rankings. Peter Malnati. Happy Peter, as the Shotgun you, Start podcast calls him. Do you remember when we started this and we were so high on Taylor Montgomery? Zach Johnson, 78. <laughs> Lucas Glover, 64. Z- Webb Simpson is behind Zach Johnson on the Ryder Cup points list. <laughs> so is Joel Damon. That's crazy, actually. And Webb Cameron Simpson. Champ and Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch. But and hey, Harry he should Hicks. be a lock, according to some guys. Hey, Akshay's up there. Michael Block's up there. Blocky? Okay, here's here's the real fun game. Here's the list of people that Michael Block is higher on the Ryder Cup rankings than. Doc Redman, Cody Gribble, Cameron Troy Barrett. Jason Delfiner, who's actually been on a Ryder Cup team. James Hahn, Sam Bennett. Um, Hank Lebiota. I'm just Daniel Berger. People, oh, he's, he's injured. He's, he's injured. Yeah, he's hurt. Bubba he's hurt. Tiger. Michael. Tiger Block. They should just there. pick pick Blocky. This guy still exists. Nick Watney is still alive. Sure is. Two gloves. Tommy Ganey's way down here. Where do you think Wesley Bryant? One eighty-one for Wesley Bryant on the Ryder Cup rankings. Jeez, that should be the real captain's pick right there. He has seventeen points. He's close. Just barely ahead of Frankie Capan. I don't know even how you say that. He is ahead of Derek Ernst. Uh, so shout out. And Derek Ernst is ahead of Derek Lamely. I so do yeah, we have I, anything else we need to? Nothing need to impending. Cover? I think we both agree that picking JT is not the right move. I don't think we should pick JT even as much as no matter how much Ricky and Jordan want him there. Or Max. Well, I think if Ricky wants JT there, I think it might come at the cost of Ricky being there. Even though JT has a tea time and Zach Johnson's charity scramble or whatever it is. Well, maybe Ricky should get involved. Like Ricky's Ricky will be busy play do playing in the playoffs. Yeah. Unlike JT, that scrub. Unless he wins this week. What? How? He needs seven points. Like he's seven points out of the top seventy right now. I heard he needed like a top three. I see. I don't know how because, like, I don't guess I don't know how the points work. But as of right now, I'm looking at points 
Oh, maybe I was looking, reading the points wrong. I don't know. Points. Uh, Justin Thomas is at 546. The 70th spot is currently held by Austin Eckroat, and he has 594. So I don't know how that translates. Uh, I guess I don't know how the FedEx Cup works anymore. Um, but I would assume that he's only 50 points out. All depends on those other guys on the bubble. Oh, no, wait. This, 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 this one's different, though. I'm very confused. I'm very confused. Is this the projections? Oh. I, I'm I'm just so lost. I'm I'm so very lost at how this is working. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he needs to finish this week. He needs points. Is what he needs. Even if he gets into the playoffs, he's not making it to the second event. Probably. No, unless he wins uh, this week. But um, oh, I get tired. Yeah, he is. So he has five hundred forty-six points right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like it would take a lot for him to possibly get in. Uh, sad to say, though, that even with a win, I do not think Wesley Bryan uh, will make the playoffs. So, we need to talk about how bogus it is that Akshay didn't get his points for the Barracuda. Yeah, that is such horse crap. I know that's ridiculous. So the so the rule, as I understand it. Is that it's because he's he, not a full member? He's special temporary he membership? Get, he can't get points. He can't get points from an opposite field event. Because he's he's in the 90s on the FedEx Cup, so clearly he has points. It's not that he yeah. can't earn points, but I think it's just because it was an opposite field event and he doesn't have... So, like, what a ridiculous rule. Akshay should be in the playoffs 100%. Akshay should be on the Ryder Cup team. Okay. Instead, he's going to live. So that's it. Actually, there's rumors that he's uh, reached out about going to live. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else? Oh gosh, who knows? Do we have to do our Compesco open preview? Who knows if we'll get another episode before that? No, we should just record an episode the day before the Compesco open, just to preview it. Then we should record live at the Calcutta. Oh my god. I don't think our viewers would want that or listeners. They just listen to me talk like this the whole time. I would just be drinking so much alcohol. No, you won't. You're right. I'm sober. Depends what you depends how bad you play at Curry Wins. Remember last year when I shot what did I shoot? Like I think it was eighty nine. No, I did not shoot eighty nine. That was the year before. I don't think I ever shot 89. 
I think you might have. Last year, I know I shot 42 on the back with a 10. I remember you putting down an 89 at Prairie Winds. I don't think so. I think you're tripping. But maybe. I don't know. Could have happened. I don't have anything else to talk about. Um, Not either, man. All right. Another episode coming on. Episode 36. We finished nine holes. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all I know is this is the episode that we should get sponsored by Skechers because uh, I don't know about you, but I could definitely go for another 36. Yeah. I just got stuck in a bogey train. Mm-hmm.